with an Ohio bias presents the 10th unit report. Jake, as we move to now the post-Rose Bowl game, uh, we'll get some reaction about what happened in Pasadena and the glory that was the last game of Urban Meyer. And then we will talk about the scorch-earth tactics of one Ryan Day as he's hired away two assistants from up north and continues to fill out his staff as letting some other uh, former Buckeye staffers go as he's remade the whole Ohio State Buckeye staff in his own image and some of the players that might be departing and might be, be coming too. The, it's coming to Columbus, Jake. Um, but first, Jake, let's start, of course, with the Rose Bowl. How did you think the Buckeyes performed on the big stage in the most watched game of the college football season? I mean, obviously, the first half was very impressive. Uh, you know, the Washington football team was, as as advertised, very good defensively, um, and they showed that in the second half what they had with uh, Hart as well. Uh, you know, Dwayne Haskins, it's a great way to go out, uh, 250 yards, three touchdowns, and uh, Mike Weber showed up and had a good game. And, uh, you know, you got Paris Campbell, who had a big impact on as well. Uh, defensively, there was, uh, of course, Draymond Jones, and uh, Fuller had a nice game as well. You know, I didn't like the fact that they kind of, let Washington back into the game, but they were so far out in front at halftime and it's Urban's last game. I'll forgive him on that one that uh, maybe the moment caught up to him a little bit. Yeah, I think we had a little bit of an emotional dump that they, they came out firing. I mean, it looked like they were going to score 70 on the Huskies. Um, and uh, it went better than even we predicted because the defense showed up as well. And you, you bring up Mike Weber. I've been hard on that guy, you know, um, but he actually played his best game when he needed to. And it's a great showcase for him going to the next level. So um, the same thing for Paris Campbell as well, um, you know. But the defense really showed up in the first half. The game tightened up in the second half. But, you know, the Buckeyes got the win and everything turned up roses. So what more can you ask to send Urban Meyer out that way? Um, the Buckeyes will finish third in the polls, which I could argue that they could be second the way that Alabama got rolled by the Clemson Tigers in the national championship game. Yeah, talk about a smoke show. Nick Saban's squad was outclassed, outplayed, out everything to, from the get-go. And they they had no no answers and no shot. And, man, is Trevor Lawrence any good? And if uh, Justin Fields, half the quarterback that they say he is, uh, and being on the level with Trevor Lawrence, uh, we're in for a fun ride. No doubt. I, I actually, you know, find one thing hilarious, the way that whole thing played out. It, it happens, you know. Teams get beat. They, they, they didn't look like Bama was ready to play that night. But I find it hilarious that Bama fan, who has always been the most arrogant of all college football fans, is in their, in their defeated arrogance is trying to give themselves credits for class and defeat. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I just, you know, it's just hilarious. They're like, well, we're taking our lumps. You know, um, and we're being classy about it. No, you're not, you know. You know what I'm saying? Because you'd be rubbing it in somebody else's nose if you would have won that game. Um, and that's just it's just so funny to me. They're even still running ads down there like they won the national championship for people to come pick up their championship gear. They didn't even – they were so in shock and living in a different reality. How about, too, that uh, nobody showed up for Alabama and Santa Clara? You looked at the stadium, it was a half, half the field. It was uh, empty seats. The other half was orange. So uh, – you know, maybe they're sick of winning. They get they deserve this. Yeah, or it speaks to my theory of them not being able to have any power outside of, you know, the South. You know, you get them somewhere, you know, that's not under the Mason-Dixon line, 
it becomes a real game for those people in the Crimson. Um, but I will say this, watching that game, a lot of times you watch games and you think about your program and how close or far away they are from the team that's playing that well. The tactics that Ryan Day is using right now lets me know that the Buckeyes will be able to complete next year, but especially in the future with this, the way that he's trying to build his staff and the way that, you know, he's going after adjusted fields and things like that because it, it, it's big boy football now. There is only one shot when you get in that playoff and you got to bring your best game. And so you need the best coaches, the best athletes, and you got to bring it all together. And you're going to be playing catch-up to a team like Clemson right now, and that's all that matters. We could have beat Bama this year. Would have been, it wouldn't have been a problem. I don't care what anybody down there says in Tuscaloosa. They had 10 points. They went 10-10 to 10 at halftime with the Citadel, so I don't want to hear how great they were playing all season. Um, and every time Tua went down with an injury or struggle, that team fell apart. So it basically comes down to can your team be prepared to go through a gauntlet of that first round of the college football playoff and then play Clemson for a championship game? Yeah, D, I mean, it makes you think and wonder what uh, what it would have been like if we could have gotten into that Final Four, and even more so, it makes you wonder why we're still at four games. And uh, with all the money that uh, can be made, it, it just doesn't make much sense. And, you know, I know Georgia went down and they struggled, but uh, it, it's, it's time for this to at least go to six, if not eight, and uh, get on, you know, get on the money train. Yeah, and they're talking about they can't make changes. The CFP committee chairman, the Mississippi State president, um, the Mississippi State athletic director, excuse me, um, is saying that they can't make changes because they have the 12-year contract and all that nonsense. That's garbage. If they found a way to be more lucrative and to make more money, they would change this thing and and it would be ready to go next year. So, um, But I think Jim Delaney is finally actually going to do some good after he's done swimming through his money like Scrooge McDuck and actually helped the Big Ten – and these other conferences, the Pac-12 and the Big 12, actually make sure that they have a seat at the table with these conference champions um, who literally only have one loss sometimes and still don't get in. And you see a team like, you know, arguments made for teams like Notre Dame and, and Georgia who don't play anybody and they still get in. I mean, these SEC, this SEC, this SEC guarantee spot and sometimes arguments for two spots is a joke because – you know, when you got coaches, and I don't care how many championships they won, going for fake field goals when they don't need to in these games, and it happened with, you know what I'm saying, Kirby Smart and Saban did it. I don't know what the obsession is with these fake field goals, but you're not going to win like that. And it's just terrible coaching, and literally, if you're doing that, you're not going to beat anybody. So, you know, like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm tired of it because nobody calls them out. Everybody forgets that moment and then wants to say, oh, well, they played hard in other parts of the season. So did the Buckeyes. They came through harder. They looked better at the end of the season, and they didn't get their opportunity. And the one time that they did, they won the whole damn thing. So enough with that already. Put Ohio State in there. We should be one of the teams that be in there every year. So, But I'll get off that soapbox. Um, well, and the other thing is look at their schedules. I looked at their 2019 schedule for Alabama and Georgia. It's laughable. It's laughable. Buys against buys right before the rivalry games. Uh, playing uh, Citadel in week week 12 before they have to play Auburn. You know, stuff like that. Meanwhile, Buckeyes are going to have Penn State at home and Michigan on the road before a Big Ten championship. And everybody knows whatever that team does up north, you know, they, they, they can be bad other times. That game is always a big game, and it always delivers, unlike the Iron Bowl, you know. 
unlike, you know, I mean, maybe the game and College Station is one that actually delivers. But, you know, I mean, I, I that the SEC is a joke. It is a joke of a conference. I mean, maybe their best teams were Georgia and Kentucky this year. And Florida is on the rise, but they never show up in big games. So I, I don't, you know, like, or when they show up when they play the team up north in a bowl game, I'll take that back. But I, I, I don't know. I, I'm sick of the the same false narratives that we allow to creep in because by the time the beginning of the season roll around, we'll see six to seven teams rated higher than any Big Ten teams and a couple rated higher than Ohio State when it comes to the pre-rankings, and that's just what disgusts me every season. And then by the end of the season, none of those teams are even ranked in the top 25, and we play this game every year, and we act like the SEC is so much better when it's really not. So, um, But yeah. let's digress on that part, and let's talk about the powerhouse that Ryan Day is trying to build here. Um, you know, we get Greg Schiano out of here. We get Bill Davis out of here. Um, they add in Greg Matheson from the team up north, and they bring home a Buckeye Legacy and Al Washington. Um, and then he brings in Jeff Hurley, which I think that's one of the ones that was an under-the-radar addition, Jake. Um, a guy who, I'll just throw this name out there, at some point worked with Darrell Revis. So I call this addition by subtraction because getting Shiano out of there with that technique of not turning around for the ball. If I see a DB turn around for the ball at the spring game, Jake, I'm screaming the Buckeyes going to win the national championship. Yeah, and then, of course, the double whammy that you're stealing from Michigan and you're stealing some of their program's insight and you're stealing a couple of their best recruiters and you just wonder when the next shoe might drop where these kids have so much contact with their recruiters and not necessarily the head coach, do you get a couple of Michigan transfers that end up at Ohio State? But there's nothing better looking on my timeline at Twitter when these topics are brought up and the crying and the whining and, they're traitors and turncoats and you go to hell. We're better. You're not. And it's not unprecedented. I mean, we know the biggest one of all time was Bo Schenbeckler. Um, you know, and people still respect Bo because the guy went up there and won. Problem is your team's not winning up there. So, you know, I mean, until that happens, you're not going to get any respect and you can cry all you want to, you can whine, but nobody's going to respect that. And people are going to come down to the winning program. So, but I say this to say that Jake, you know, one of the concerns we had with Ryan day taking over was how does he make, put his own stamp on the, on this program. And I think these steps immediately show that he's not going to be a continuation of urban. He's actually going to try to be his own, you know, version of a coach, and I think that speaks volumes for the Buckeyes moving forward because you need that. You know, that shadow's going to loom large with Urban as assistant AD, but it really is a new day in Columbus. Really looking forward to 2019 um, and what he's going to be able to offer and putting his own uh, his own mark on the program, and we've seen it already uh, with with the firings and the hirings and. You know, we're also going to see a new t- style of offense, probably more downfield passing than even with Dwayne Haskins. And the RPO, instead of forcing Dwayne Haskins to do something that he obviously wasn't comfortable doing, uh, it's going to go from him running the ball to uh, just keep teams honest to now Justin Fields just working these guys. And I am so excited for that. Uh, it, unfortunately, it probably comes at the cost of Tate Martell, and we'll never get to see what he could do at Ohio State. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, if you can upgrade the position and they are a strong belief that it's an upgrade, then I'm all for it because all I care about is winning 
Big Ten titles, beating Michigan, and winning national titles. Yeah, and I, I mean, Tate Martell put his name in for the transfer portal. It's not a done deal. The Justin Fields thing is not a done deal, even though he showed up with Dwayne Haskins and Urban Meyer at the Ohio State. Michigan State game, so it seems like a done deal. So that's why Buckeye Nation is excited. Um, <laughs> I, I really, I, I know that's what the funniest part is. Not a done deal, but the guy shows up at the game, so it seems like a done deal. Um, and that, I mean, that right there shows you also to the strength of what Ryan Day is building. So you know, to have that kind of relationship, they got the receivers, they got guys talking about coming to Buckeye Nation. We had lost a couple guys um, in the recruiting battle, but the you know have Zach Harrison choose you know, Ohio State over the team up north. I mean, Ryan Day's doing more than I expected to make this transition positive, and that's what gets you excited if you're a Buckeye fan. Um, and that's what I wanted to see, and that's what's got me ginned up, you know, because I really was sad about the Urban Meyer thing, but this helps push some of that sadness down and uh, brings the joy back in the college football and the love of the Buckeyes. So that's, that, that's what's really um, things. A lot of Buckeyes are excited about K.J. Hill returning. Um, I might be one of the few guys that, you know, think we have enough receivers and we might need to get some of those other guys off the bench. But uh, having one veteran guy back should uh, be a big deal, and hopefully he can help teach them, you know, the ways to go and keep them on a straight and narrow, you know, when it comes off off the field issues too. So getting Benjamin Victor back, which is going to be huge. I think he had the most talent, raw talent, of anybody on that wide receiver group. And, uh, of course, Alave back and – you know, you're going to just be seeing wide receivers that are dying to come to Ohio State because of what Ryan Day wants to run and the success rate that we're going to have by putting NFL prospects uh, in the in the draft and then into the league each year. And I think the common thread between what Urban brings and what uh, Ryan Day brings is they both realize that it's all about speed, speed, speed. And it was never more evident than in the Michigan game we have the athletes, they didn't, and that's why we are on the level of some of those other big boys, whether it's Clemson or Alabama or whoever it might be, uh, and that we have the chance every year to beat those guys and other teams don't in the Big Ten because we recruit the fastest athletes, uh, dedicated players, and, uh, and, and I think that's, that's the big part of a successful organization, a successful program. Yeah, and also Coach Mick, you know, Mariotti. You know, getting these guys strong. I saw so many Alabama players going down with cramps, you know, even even the Oklahoma game. You saw Alabama. That's why I think Ohio State could beat them, just because you outlast and you, you know what I'm saying, you overpower. So not either you're, 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 you're running past them, but you're, you're faster, you're stronger, and you're just built for the long haul. And you're built for, you know, the, that, was the, that was the one thing I think that kept that Washington full comeback from happening. Just because the Buckeyes, you know, you saw some Washington players going down and whatnot, and they just didn't have the depth to really secure a full comeback and make that game uh, more interesting at the end of it, uh, the Rose Bowl. So I, it always pays dividends when you get into these big games, when it's an extended season, and it gets that long. So that's why I think the Buckeyes are built for the college football playoff. I'm just hoping that the committee uh, finds a way to see fit to get us in there. Um and I, I think about, you know, these other teams. Ohio State, Jake, uh, in the way too early rankings is ranked four. We know Clemson had basically a bye with the toughest team being in the ACC, Syracuse. So, um, you know, they'll be number one, and they should be. They're national champions. Alabama, again, will be two, you know, and they have Georgia ahead of Ohio State, and I don't even know how that's possible now, Jake, 
with their OC going to Tennessee. So, I, I mean, once again, though, the disrespect. But I'm hoping that disrespect and, uh, you know, Ryan Day can help sneak up on college football. And then there you go, boom, another national championship coming back to Columbus, and we're celebrating. Yeah, and, you know, we got to just keep chipping away and trying to debunk the SEC myth as we go. You can look right at the bull records uh, as far as what the Big Ten is versus the SEC. And uh, I agree. I think Ohio State, by the end, will be in the top four next year. And uh, I don't understand the Georgia stuff either, other than they love Fromm for some reason. And, uh, you know, to me, it, it, it comes down to, you know, who you're playing and who you're beating and not so much how much you're beating guys by. And that's the thing that seems to be holding back Ohio State for some reason each year is that, you know, you, you struggle in a game with the Northwestern or, who, or whoever, but you end up winning and you get you lose credit for that sometimes. I mean, obviously you got to avoid the big shit burger either in Iowa City or uh, in Purdue, whatever it might be. But uh, I think we also lose lose merit because we play sometimes close games and we don't always cover the points spread. But like you say, like Georgia is going to have a hell of a, se- a hell of a season next year, a hell of a schedule next year because every team they play in the SEC is basically coming off a bye, all their tough games. Those guys, they literally have a bye week before they play Georgia. So not just, you know, a FCS team, but they literally have a bye week before they play Georgia. So, um, and, and it's funny, you know, they, they return their own line and stuff like that, but, um, Fromm actually played well, but those guys are dropping the ball out there. So I don't know what people watch, you know, when they watch these games. The committee is supposed to watch these games. That's what kills me. Not just go for who you think. And here's the other thing, Jake. You talked about it with the national championship. The people are not showing up for the game out there in Levi State. Buckeye Nation would have filled that stadium, you know. Um, But the other thing is, too, the ratings are terrible. So something has to be done. Um, and I think that's going to be the thing that changes the bottom line in the college football playoff argument and everything else, just because everybody is loving the regular season and whatnot, but this bowl season was a dud, even though I did pretty well in that pick em, Jake. Um, I uh, came in third. Yeah, I didn't know what I was doing. I actually had some good picks. <laughs> well, I was confused by that was confidence awful. thing. I will say that. I didn't know the numbers ranking to them. Yeah, that was terrible pool. Terrible pool. I'll tell you what wasn't yeah. terrible, Jake, was your guys' picks on the other podcast was pretty good. Yeah, thank you. We did uh, we did pretty good, and it's you know Mike's a tremendous help with having all the insight and uh, the information right from CG Technology, and uh, had a good week last week picking the NFL, and hope to have another good week this week. Ladies and gentlemen, that's uh, this tenth unit report here. We'll be back with more information as it moves forward, but uh, very excited to see the Buckeyes in the urban era. And Jake is no other way to say it; it's daytime. Absolutely, I'm waiting for sunrise. All right, as always, go Bucks. O-H. I-O.